Hello, listeners. Welcome to another episode of Reckless A Talk, our TTRPG interview show where we sit down with some of our favorite writers, players, GMs, and streamers to get to know a little bit more about what makes them who they are. I am, as always, your host, GM Nathan, and this week I am very excited to indulge in another nerdy passion of mine as I get to sit down with Claire Clausen, she, they, and Zachary Burrell, he, him, from the Warlock podcast. Warlock was launched in late 2021 and pretty quickly caught fire. I was admittedly a bit slow to listen. Namely, when I put it on, I didn't realize that it wasn't, in fact, an actual play, uh, but actually a D&D and anime-inspired audio drama. So I was left a bit confused, uh, which is a phenomenon we talk about in the episode itself. I have, of course, since gone back and been kind of really astonished at the craftsmanship of writing, voice acting, and genre work that goes into a piece like this. Zach serves as editor, producer, and voice actor for the show, while Claire voices main character Nova, their fictional world's first ever warlock, as well as dabbling in writing and more. Both are absolute delights, and both got their actual play start in the also popular Severed Sons podcast, which we talk about, alongside learning lessons in writing for audio, effective collaboration, and letting go of absolute creative control, promoting kickstarting, and, well, the power of the Rock Lee anime fight in Naruto. Uh, but really, it's just a, a bunch of nerds nerding out about anime and D&D and writing and performance, um, so I really hope you enjoyed this one, and really hope you pop over to the Warlock feed to give it a try. If you enjoy anime, D&D, or just quality cartoonish yet dramatic fun, it might be for you. As always, lots of links and info in the show notes, and that is all from me. Now on to my conversation with Claire and Zach. See you next week. Why, hello, Zach and Claire. Why, hello. Why, hello, Nathan. Nailed it. Smooth. <laughs> <laughs> How are you guys? Good. Yeah, doing great. Feeling so good. lovely to be chatting with the both of you. So excited to be chatted with the both of you. Thanks for having us. Very excited yeah. to be here. I'm super excited to be Been here. Looking forward to it. Well, for for the the foolish listeners who are not aware of who you are, what you do, and otherwise why they should be very excited as we are about this episode of Reckless of Talk. Could you please introduce yourselves to the listening audience? Yeah. Uh, hello. My name is Claire Clausen. My pronouns are she, they. Uh, we're here talking about Warlock. So I uh, am the voice of Nova Ravenwood on Warlock, as well as I, I help do some writing and I help do character creation for their designs and I do some episode art for every episode. It's a lot of fun. Hi, I'm Zach Burrell, he, him. Uh, I am the producer, editor, and every voice that we can't find a voice actor for <laughs> on Warlock. If we need a voice, I go in there and I mess with the tone of my voice and we we, we hope no one notices. And there we are, NPCs. <laughs> exactly. I mean, like I kind of, you know, I kind of always kind of see myself as like the DM of Warlock. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, I just have to play sometimes every other character. <laughs> but uh, also, I know we're talking a little bit about Severed Sons, and I'm I'm uh, tracks on Severed Sons. Oh yeah, I'm I'm spits on Severed Sons too. I do that too. 
It's all of the all of the above. All sorts of good audio podcast content. Well, just before we get before we get into that rich, probably tragic orphan backstory um, of you guys as creators and as people. Uh, <laughs> hey guys, what's what's Warlock? So Warlock is, I hope, the only D and D anime audio drama. Uh, we're striving to kind of capture that that shonen anime Saturday morning cartoon, exciting bite-sized episode content, but for your ears instead. It's like closing your eyes during an anime episode and just listening instead. But it is the story of, in our world, the very first warlock, Nova, voiced by Claire. Yeah, it's fun. My favorite thing is that it's got, it has the overarching D&D story, um, but also just like the little, it has a little direct D and D hints of Absolutely. jokes in there. Oh, yes. and that's it's nice. It's a little icing on the cake. <laughs> it is. I, I would say it is. It is equal parts anime and D and D of just like there will be little little frosting for each each type of nerd uh, yeah. in in the Warlock podcast. Um, well, we will we'll get to Warlock more in depth here in a bit. But let's let us let us paint the path. Pave the path? Paint the path? Let's you don't paint, paint it. Too. You, you can, can paint it. You can paint the path red. Yellowbrick Road. Yeah, weird kind of uh, <laughs> Wizard of Oz uh, yeah. ripoff vibe. Um, let us let us lead into the Warlock thing by talking a little bit about you guys. So uh, obviously, while Warlock is an audio drama, it is a D&D audio drama. And you are also uh, are on tabletop role-playing game podcast Severed Sons and do all kinds of other fun tabletop things. So... For the both of you, and answer in whichever order you feel appropriate, what was kind of your... Yeah, well, that's good, too. I mean, there'd be. I'd love to see that done digitally (laughs) over webcam. I think Zach technically won or lost. I'm not sure which. I don't know. Uh, (laughs) I don't know, man. (laughs) But how did you get introduced to tabletop role-playing games, to D&D, and, I mean, even if if it makes sense, to kind of fantasy in general? So I'll go. Uh, so I, it was, I was probably, I think it was fourth grade. I was spending the night at my friend's house and uh, his dad had his D&D group over. And uh, I saw them setting up with the the miniatures and the, I saw the DM screen and all the dice coming out. And I said, well, what are they doing? <laughs> and he's like, oh, it's, it's Dungeons and Dragons. And I, I had literally never heard it before. Yeah. And so I said, oh, that's, cool like a board game and he goes well why don't we (laughs) why don't we watch and so very quickly watching became here here's like what kind of character do you want to play it's fantasy like just pick a pick a pick a you know uh do you want to do magic do you want to do sword fighting and i said both and so i made kirgoth the fighter mage for uh, advanced dungeons and dragons and i was hooked immediately i was like oh my god we are playing like his name was chris and i was like chris you were do you dm i can't wait (laughs) i can't wait like every week there was a point where we were every day after school i'd run over to his house and we play D. &D, yep and i you know i'm pretty sure he was just making it up as we go which is you know very dm but yeah i've been hooked since played through played through high school played through college uh took a break and then kind of picked it back up with the severed sons group um and then yeah i've been fully immersed since that for sure wow so you that's interesting because i i feel like a lot of people i talk to have much earlier 
or longer breaks than starting at elementary school and going all the way through college um, yeah. with with any amount of intensity. So that's a lot of Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. But Was that AD&D the whole time life. too? Uh, it, so... Uh, so we played AD and T. I was a, a military kid, so you know there was a lot of moving. People either someone else would move or I would move, and so he moved away, and I kind of took the mantle of DM. And uh, by then, uh, the third edition came out, and so I remember when that was a big. When, you know, this was like pre-internet. Just the book, the bookstore. We're, we're walking through, and I was like, <laughs> "Oh my god, what is that? Is that?" Dude, and I just Dungeons I remember I remember the covers, and I remember. Getting, you know, all like all three books just in one. I was like, it'd be Christmas. I don't care. Just don't give me anything. Christmas. I need these books right now. And, uh, yeah. Got them. Dude. Just poured over them. And I started a new group with my friends and we would meet in the library. Um, and like those little rent renter rooms, you know, it's like you reserve the room and we would take Saturdays and just go in there all day. Um, See, so I think the only yeah, the only edition I haven't played is the is the the first edition. Oh, wow. <laughs> What about you, Claire? Yeah, so I, I, I did the the kind of meandering route of like <laughs> I, I've always loved fantasy. I, you know, when like the the like satellite to get basic channels, but like when there was a cloud outside, you didn't get anything. Yep. Yeah. Um, I I'm I'm a bit younger. And so <laughs> my family, when the when the cloud would block out the TV, we would put on Lord of the Rings. Um, so I just grew up with Lord of the Rings and with like Dragonheart and all of this like great fantasy, <laughs> wonderful things. So I was always the weird kid running around pretending to stab my brother in the face while taking off a helmet. Uh, and... <laughs> Uh, I would have people all the time who were like, do you play D&D? Do you play D&D? And I was like, I want to so bad, but I'm also <laughs> a theater kid and have no free time. <laughs> um, and so I didn't start playing until 2017. Got it. Yeah. Uh, when I was living out in Memphis and I actually started with Pathfinder. Uh, and I am bad at reading i try <laughs> but i'm just yeah, bad at it deeply. yeah no and so i kind of like learned pathfinder as we went because i yeah. had two very sweet friends who were there to kind of teach me as we went um and so i played a very dumb uh what is cat folk i think is what they're mm -hmm. called in pathfinder cat folk yeah cat person rogue. whatever one of them um zach knows her her name's Day. uh and then I, I brought her back for the first time that I was on with Severed Sons. Uh, so, yeah, I played then and I oh, was cool. hooked. And then I played a lot during the pandemic. And now it's just <laughs> a huge part of my life. And it's so fun. <laughs> I DM now. I have like Do my you? own. Yeah. yeah, I DM for, for three of my friends. And we're all not men. So we call our group the Triple Ds. Um, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> I remember when you were just starting you were like i dm tomorrow i'm so nervous the first yeah. time and now yeah you're like yeah no whatever it's old old hat yeah it. now i should have i'm like all right what are you doing theo what are you doing julie andrews yeah that's classic actually that's one of the characters is julie andrews, julie andrews. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh so usually that is kind of the the lone jumping off point for our podcast but warlock is obviously not just a D, &D thing it is also an anime thing so also 
kind of the parallel path to that is where did you start get, getting into anime and what kind of what hooked you and whether it shows or themes or feelings? Yeah, I'll so go the, first. Oh, yeah, ha, 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 ha. You yeah. went first last time. That's true. That's true. Um, so I would catch little tidbits of Sailor Moon on in the mornings and was like, this is amazing. Wow. <laughs> and like little snips of Naruto here and there but I have an older brother and he didn't like anime and honestly like I think it's okay because I was a very passionate (laughs) kid and I would have had a tough time in junior (laughs) high if I was allowed to be as into anime as yeah. I would have, you would Naruto into- run everywhere, I, wouldn't you? I yeah. would. It's I still do. You it's probably fun. do. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, it's aerodynamic. It is. But so I would like just catch little things here and there, and I thought it was so pretty and cool, and I loved the art style. And then when I was in Girl Scouts, one of the other girls in my troop taught me how to draw baby in Yasha, and that's <laughs> all that I drew. That- I have it. like notebooks full of baby Inuyasha. Is this like ch- like chibi Inuyasha? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, and I still have not seen that show. <laughs> and I know so little about you, it. You got what you you in your soul. You've gotten what you needed out of yeah, out of exactly, that. In that exactly. you got to draw notebooks full of of chibis. Exactly, and then I I started kind of dabbling in it here and there. Um, I watched Little Witch Academia, and then I watched My Hero Academia, and then I was introduced to the love of my life during <laughs> the pandemic, which is JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, uh, and it's been it's been no turning back. I have completed all of Naruto, and I have officially hit the halfway point in One Piece. Ooh. So I'm doing the big ones. Got the bona fides here. Mob? I Where watched more Mob today. Uh, I finished season two, episode five is what I just finished. It's so As of the recording. Yes. I'm yes. sure much more. more will have been binged by the yeah. time it releases. And I'm yeah. sure, I'm sure that One Punch Man will have been started by the time that this comes out. Probably. I'm planning to watch the first <laughs> season sure. and then reading season two. And then season three is going to be animated by MAPPA. So I don't know. I might just watch uh, it. I don't know. <laughs> It's good. It's a good show. It is. I've good. seen the it's first episode and I show. loved it. <laughs> it's a good show. Do you read it? No, no, I don't. Yeah. I, I have I, uh, not to. I'm. I'm going to edit all of this out. <laughs> but I am. I am definitely a person that once I once I see it, a lot of times, like then reading it, especially if it's like a comic book or a manga or something, like my brain just really struggles. It's just like, well, but it's not moving or it's not different or, oh, that was different. Yeah. So once I, once I have started, started a show, that is just how my brain has to consume it. Yeah. I feel like that with a lot of other mediums, but with the animated manga, because like the, the anime is so based on the manga, yeah. like it's an easier little transition. And I'm, I'm still really excited to see things animated. Like I'm completely up to date on Chainsaw Man. I'm still so excited to watch the episodes as they come out because it's so excited to like see them brought to life. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a good time. Zach, what about you? My, it's funny because it's like the anime started just not not sh- not too long after um, 
the D&D journey started. So it's kind of funny. It makes sense that they I've like married the two together mm-hmm. in my mind so much. Um, but my very first introduction to anime was Neon Genesis Evangelion. Oh, which is a which is a rough thrown into the deep start end. with. Just let you yeah. know what? Let's start off right there. So after that was done, because uh, I was a <laughs> I was, you know tsunami watcher. It was I feel like it was around the same time as I watched Cowboy Bebop on yep. Adult Swim, like like early Adult Swim, where I was like, oh, if I stay up to 11. I can watch this show. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of those were kind of about the same time. And then um, went a little bit lighter and watched. And I think it was like every every Wednesday. After school, watch Dragon Ball Z. Um, and then I kind of I stopped for a while. I no reason. Just like, yeah, oh, I'm yeah. going to take a take a break in college. I I had a, a stomach surgery. Um, long story short, almost died. They had to take eep. a chunk of my stomach out. Double uh, and so they were like, rest as much as you can, you know, and I, I spent a, a week at home and then I went back to college. It was right in the middle of college. And so I was taking it easy. You know, I was my roommate at the time. We were we were uh, wa- like watching a bunch of stuff. And he was like, hey, I'm, I started this show called Naruto. Uh, do you want to watch it with me? And uh, I was like, yeah, sure. Like I jumped in where he was, which is the tuning, tuning exams. Uh, uh-huh. And it was the rock lee fight was the very mm-hmm. first episode of naruto i watched i was like okay Ooh, i'm interested I mean, wow I'm in. and so you know we we he was like oh you're you're down okay let's go back <laughs> and so while i was recovering we watched up until then then i got into the the manga and i would i you know binge that just because i was impatient with the story i had a, a barista job and i would wake up at at three in the morning and i'm like in the dark <laughs> reading on my phone uh, the the new manga releases and then you know catching up on the on the show, um, and so that kind of sucked me back in. And then I I watch as much as I can. I have a five year old, so I watch as you know I I only get about an hour in the evening to watch anything, and usually it has to be agreed upon what we're watching. Yeah. So yeah, makes sense. Yeah, you know, but but I actually I got my partner into anime as well with like Full Metal Alchemist and Naruto and and uh, what else do we watch? Um, Demon Slayer. Demon Slayer, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tam's very much, yeah. Tam, I, the the more, you know, I'm I'm kind of a very surface level anime enjoyer. I'm not like, you know, I always read about like like uh, I'll I'll see a lot of these slice of life shows where it's like, uh, I I got turned into a pair of rabbit slippers that can only be worn <laughs> on Sunday, and I'm like, I'm probably not going to be interested in, in that. But I'll watch I'll watch you know, One Punch Man or yeah, the big stuff. Yeah, like yeah, the the the, the mainstream stuff is kind of cuz it's 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 easy to get my partner into. Yeah. So, our biggest yeah. our biggest anime, our the biggest weeb on our show isn't me. It's it's our dear Nick. Um <laughs> resident anime expert. He is an expert. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. He knows all about everything. All and it's yeah. great. Yeah, I I basically I'll write an episode and be like Nick uh uh anime up this fight and he'll go yeah. and be like you got it you got it boss it's like a script doctor kind of thing <laughs> yeah he, he, make he, like, it more anime up, he animes up stuff exactly yeah yeah, yeah. awesome yeah. i mean that what a, that's a dream job hell yeah so we'll start big picture what does what does playing tabletop role-playing games and writing and of course making audio dramas what itch does that scratch for you guys like what um 
you know, what hooked you when you first started, what has kept you doing it, and what has now kept you so much that it it takes up large swaths of your your regular human life. So I I don't want to speak for both of us, but we are both performers. We both are are, are theater artists, and so uh, we are so conditioned to uh, have that performative aspect to probably a lot of the stuff that we do. Um, what are you but, talking about? But so <laughs> so you know, it's like especially I know like like during the pandemic yeah. when you know th- every every theater was doing uh, awkward Zoom performances. Mm-hmm. It was like let's just do let's just play D and D instead, and you know it's like I feel like that that kind of really got things going uh, for for like the actual play stuff, but we can get into that later. But yeah, it definitely it definitely even if it is just performing to four other people, it 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 feels so uh, I guess performative, and it, and it mm-hmm. kind of hits that that itch of 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 being in front of an audience. You know, you, you when you when you're in college, they're like, it doesn't matter how big the audience is; it could be one person. Mm-hmm. And so, it's, you know, it's but it feels like that. It feels like like improv combined with with storytelling combined with character acting. You know, so it's like I I feel like that that really hits that that spot for me. Yeah, I'm I'm similar. I always tell people when they're like dungeons and dragons or i'm like yeah it's like choose your own adventure lord of the rings and Mm -hmm. it's so much fun and i just love to be a little goober with my friends (laughs) and to get them to be a little goober too like what was fun especially for severed sons like for the i started as the 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 one shot queen um and i was always the silliest little beans yep and then to, I joined into the campaign and I was like, oh, I got to be uh, more serious. I, I have to be a <laughs> multiple serious. dimensional character. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which was fun. And it's just. Yeah. Like it's it's so fun to just be a part of a group who just like you all decide that you're going to tell this story together. And yeah. Whether if it's just for you, the people in that room, or if it's for you and people who are going to listen as well, like, it's just exciting and it's fun and it can be right. funny and it can be tragic and it's just a good time. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I like it a lot. <laughs> and, and I know that at least you guys, and, and we'll get into the the kind of the the detail of production because it's one of those kind of podcasts um but i know that you guys at least are credited as writers um and i know zach you do a lot of the kind of main writing and producing and that kind of stuff but i know also claire you are often credited as writing so do you guys view yourselves just kind of generally holistically but also in the context of warlock (laughs) are you in your soul of soul are you a performer or a writer or both or how to like what's the interplay for those kind of multiple roles for you guys uh for me especially for warlock it just it's scratch it scratches all my little creative itches mm-hmm. um because right. and you do art you do yeah you do all time all kinds of supporting stuff around the podcast that makes yeah sense. yeah it's really fun and um like Zach and I are always bouncing ideas off of each other because Zach's got Zach's got like the whole plan in his little <laughs> noggin. Um, it's little. It's 
Sorry. Uh, you can't see then... me right now, dear listener, but I have I'm a t- I have a tiny little head. Cut to X ray <laughs> X ray of the cranium, just tiny, tiny but mighty the brain inside. Simpson. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, I know some secrets, and so <laughs> you certainly do. <laughs> it's really fun to be like, hey, what about this thing? What about this? And just like really let the imagination run loose. Um, and I've been I've been helping to write some of our little dragon scrolls, which are just like a minute long. Um, and I'm working on a couple of, uh, like bonus episodes for our Patreon, which are mostly shenanigans, which <laughs> is my specialty, uh, in writing. And it's fun because like, I never considered myself a writer before, but like now as I'm writing stuff, I'm like, Ooh, look it. <laughs> I'm writing. I am a writer with a capital W. <laughs> oh, yeah. With a little typewriter out here. Exactly. And then, yeah, it's, it's such a fun way art-wise to to not only challenge myself to do a lot more complicated of scenes and yeah. poses and expressions because I I try to when I read the the script I try to choose the moment that like sticks with me or a moment where I get a really strong visual while reading it. So it's always a fun challenge to figure out okay like how am I going to do that? Oh there's so many people in this. Uh, some people are just going to be kind of shapes and that's fine. Uh, and I love, I love character design. Uh, it's so fun. We like to be collaborative as best as we can with our guest stars and our guest artists. So to see what, what they envision for their character and taking that idea and then kind of merging it in to what we have as like Warlock's visual world. Mm-hmm. I find that very satisfying and very fun. Um, and then I I have just I've been told that I sound like a cartoon my whole <laughs> life. And so voice acting just makes sense. So and now's the now let's let's make it happen. Yeah. Put it to yeah. Work. I'm having a ton of fun with it. I I guess I've always kind of seen myself, you know, I've even even with theater, I I have written a couple plays. I've written a couple like just 10 minute plays like one acts. But I, you know, I, I can never get away from wanting to perform and yeah. being in, in front of the audience. You know, that 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 visceral kind of having the audience right there and, and kind of interacting. Um, and so I, I feel like Warlock it is very much that like both sides for me where I love being on the production side of it, but also, you know, get the voice, a couple characters here and there. And, and um, you know, it's, it's so much fun. Just like Claire was saying, like collaborating with, with everyone kind of figuring out things because I do have that. I do have that, like that large brush stroke. And I, you know, I always, <laughs> I tell myself every time I'm that I'm, that I'm going to like write a bunch of episodes and then yeah, Claire, I feel like you're like, no, <laughs> Like, I like, thought you were going to say that you were going to write down your plan. Sure, and I was like, write down you don't do that either. <laughs> I don't do anything. I don't do anything. Uh, no, I'm very, I am very, I am a very like seat on my pants person, which has worked out pretty well, which is why I haven't changed anything about, yep. about my, yeah. my, my style. But you know, it's like, I, I, my mind was like, all right, I'm going to season two, I'm going to write like five episodes and then blah, da, 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 da. But I realized that so much is like, 
like get going off of what the audience is, you know, we have our, in our like discord people talking about the episodes and I'm like, Ooh, that's a good idea. Maybe I'll do that <laughs> next episode. I was like, Oh, maybe I'll kind of like, like work. Even just editing an episode makes me come up with ideas for the next one. So it's, it all, it is very like seat of my pants, kind of going with the flow kind of style that uh, is a lot of fun. This is probably a little too dismissive sounding, but very, the writing being kind of the end uh, a means to an end, I mean, rather, where it's yeah. like you no, get to, you know, that adds the structure to it to get you to let you perform, let you produce this kind of high octane kind of thing. Right. That makes plenty of sense. Right. Right. So right. you mentioned it a little <laughs> you mentioned it a little bit, but um, but jumping in to Severed Sons before we talk about Warlock. So. A, was that your first for both of you? foray into an actual play of any of any sort of any make any stream any any podcast audio visual etc i think because we both did oh we both did friday we night both one, did shot. The friday one shot we both <laughs> so okay so uh long story short uh most of the severed sons played we did a campaign we did a descent into avernus campaign during the pandemic it, it kind of started it started like September of 2019 and then led in to 2020. And then to kind of, you know, we, we, during then we just, we, we played like every other night, you know? So we like really binge, but then at the end of that, we were like, Hey, why don't we kind of maybe see what it's like to record? And so we did a one shot and um, I don't know, Claire, how did you get, how did you get involved with that? Uh, I think Ron <laughs> asked me, because so it's also all everybody involved in the Severed Sons knows each other, but not everybody knows each other, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. where it's like a weird little uh, uh like no one's met everybody. Venn Di- Paul, yeah, yeah. Paul, Paul has met everyone. Paul has, Paul has collected all of the Infinity person. Stones. <laughs> um, And so I know Ron because the the game that I played Pathfinder the first time I ever played was with two of his good friends hmm. uh, and I was supposed to play in a one shot that he was going to DM but I was like stuck in Minnesota because the weather was bad there was something weird and yeah, we like just for missed reasons. each other yeah yeah um, but yeah I think he just reached out to me because I think somebody else was going to play and then he asked me to play kind of last minute. And I was like, yeah, I want to make a character that are Finn and Jake, but not Finn and Jake. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and so yeah. and so the legend was written. Yeah. And that's that's kind of how it what what was Falcon's Crest? Yeah. Ransom at Falcon Crest. Yeah. Sounds familiar. Was that is that, a, was a, pre, was that a pre-written module? Yeah. 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 It sounded it sounded familiar. I couldn't couldn't place it, though. Um, I was the only so, one that died in it. <laughs> yeah i know it was like so sad oops like is that a great like oops <laughs> with like 30 minutes left killed, killed, killed one of the pcs in a one shot oopsie yeah. doodles oopsie doodles um so <laughs> i mean knowing that you guys were you know kind of um you know not the dms were players and kind of sucked into this well let's see what it sounds like recorded kind of vibe but for you guys knowing that you're of course performers and have been performing and doing things publicly for quite some time and enjoy it. Hopefully theoretically enjoy it. Um, 
what what was the decision point for you guys of like let's take this thing and put it out as like a packaged quote unquote product like do you remember kind of the decision point or the feeling even of kind of uh, making that choice because it's it's a weird one <laughs> you know that that mm-hmm. not most people don't make the choice <laughs> that the three of us have made I think was it Ron's idea probably I guess I wasn't there for like all of it because I think so I I have to admit my D&D cardinal sin is that I'm not into critical role, but I think a lot of the other members are into critical role and it was kind of like, hey, they do this thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was kind of like a collective. I don't remember any anybody kind of having that being the one to be like, we're doing this, but it was kind yeah. of like, hey, you know, like especially the way. You know, I, we wish so badly that our Descendant to Avernus campaign was recorded because we had so it was just so epic and so many great moments. And it's so many things. Ron, Ron Murphy, our DM, is a fantastic DM. He Amazing. is he is a true storyteller where he wove all these threads and they brought them back together at the end. And it just it's so satisfying. You know, it's it's uh Brandon, who who plays uh, Diamond in uh, Warlock, uh, kind of mentioned something the other day to me where he was like, the best thing about D&D is that you think back on these memories and you don't say, oh, my character yeah. did this. Oh, my. Ca-. It's like, do you remember when we yep. jumped off of this and we like sailed that? Like, it's like it, it doesn't really, you know, we had that we had that feeling after that yeah. campaign. And we were like, you know, even if no one listens, let's let's just record it and put it out there. See what happens. And so that's kind of how it began. Yeah. What is your, what is the experience of not just being a public performer and public presence and having your name and, and voice and to a degree face out there, um, but doing so in an online setting and doing so in a, you know, kind of globally, hypothetically visible way. Um, what has what was that experience like for you guys, especially as kind of experienced performers on on stage, on you know, and et, et cetera? Uh, it's wild, like <laughs> uh, yeah. because you know when you when you perform on stage, it's like ah, I feel good about my performance. I did yeah. well. Nice. Sometimes you get to see people after the show at the stage door. And you're like, haha, maybe you'll get a review depending on what I theater love that you're doing. You had. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like that feels really nice. It feels really good to have that um like the affirmations that you've done mm-hmm. a good job. Um and but then to, to be so to have a presence online and then have people like like we've made friends with people yeah. who just oh, yeah. like our show and it's wild. Like yeah, somebody that I, uh, uh, Claire who used to do and dragons, um, is now my roommate and we <laughs> met on D and D Twitter. I didn't know you all were roommates. Yeah. We're roommates. Oh, now. that's amazing. As of like last week. But yeah, like that's, wild to me and like there are so many people that like i have such high opinions of and that i i think are wonderful humans that i have met because they enjoy yeah. listening to us play D and it's it's like mind-blowing i'm i'm struggling to find words because mm-hmm. it's remarkable 
to have a reach. I mean, of course, there are always like weird downsides of being like a, a public figure online. Yeah, right, right. But it is funny because, you know, especially being a, a female presenting person on Twitter, having opinions. Yep. Um, the, the downfall is that there are people who are like, you're wrong. And I'm like, you don't have to. You didn't have to like, mm? and it is funny as like the the warlock Twitter has been growing. Zach will like send me screenshots <laughs> of times that he's getting like mansplained, and he's like, "Is this what it's like?" And I'm like, "Yes, <laughs> it is what it's like." <laughs> yep, yep. It's uh, yeah. It, it's it's been it's been a a trip, especially like as a as a um, you know, I I I have pretty much buzzsprout who who uh is our is our podcast host uh pulled up on our on, on my my um browser like at all times pretty much you know i anytime an episode is out i'm like all right how's it doing how is but it's so but it all it is fun to look at to see where people are listening and it's like, wow, we have two people in Australia yeah. that are listening to us. That's wild. There's someone in Zimbabwe. That's amazing. You know, like it's that's it's so cool to just, you know, just like we're having fun doing this thing. And it's reaching like continents that, I, you know, I never would have thought, you mm-hmm. know. So it's it's it is very humbling to be to 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 see how you know, how many, how, how different walks of life that are coming together and listening to this story we're telling. It's very, very exciting. Yeah. yeah. My favorite is Zach will sometimes message us being like, Hey, somebody binge to the whole show today and just <laughs> screenshots about every it's episode. Thing. It's my favorite thing. You're like, oh yeah. One. Cause I mean, you know, we're, we only have like 20, I think we have, including our little dragon scrolls, we have like 20, 21 episodes. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And they're all, all like 30 ish minutes. Right. I think around. Yeah. Between between like twenty two, I think the mo- the longest is is thirty. That was the season yeah. finale of last last season. Mm-hmm. But so it's yeah, it's it's. I think I calculated it out. It was like like six hours, I think, to listen to the whole thing. Easily bingeable. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, because some of them are shorter. But like, yeah, so it's like, wow, someone just maybe they were doing like a road trip and they're like, cool, I'm gonna listen to this, and it's very, you know, that's that brings me such joy. It sparks joy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. You guys, at you guys have been doing Severed Sons for a little bit, um, and and then, presumably Zach, but I don't know, gets the idea to do more things. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so so, can you talk a little bit about where that where that came from, and kind of where the seed was planted, and how it grew into the beautiful tree that is Warlock? So I kind of. Um... You know, talking about how I, I've been interested in D&D and anime at the same time, kind of like starting at the same time and then kind of throughout my life. And so all of my characters that I create kind of have a little bit of anime flair to them in some way. <laughs> you know, I try not to be like this the, the edgy character, more of the... <laughs> More yeah. the you know I just try to kind of emulate some of those like fun quirky characters that that uh, uh, you know that everyone's everyone kind of has those like their favorite characters and an anime that aren't always necessarily the leads but so we I, I wish I could quite remember how it started but I remember 
talking to, I knew I wanted Claire involved from the very, very beginning. And we talked about <laughs> it and I was like, okay, how cool would this be if we did something? It originally was going to be an actual play yeah. that was just really heavily edited. Because I had listened to some Dark Dice yep. and I really kind of liked the way that they were doing things. And I was like, you know, especially kind of Severed Sons being my only foray into, into uh, actual play. I was like, oh, cool. Like this is, they're doing something pretty unique with it. And I was mm -hmm. like, oh, be, what if we did something anime style with this? And that was the original plan. And then as things went, I was like, oh, maybe we just kind of script it because then we can kind of really control how things happen, the moments, because anime is so, those beats yeah. are so important in anime. Mm -hmm. I think our biggest concern, honestly, was like the, the fate of fights exactly. in anime are very mm -hmm. important. And we're like, oh no, how are we going to? Because like, we're, if you lose Nova's so squishy. <laughs> she, she a warlock. She a bab. <laughs> Just a wee bit. But yeah, I kind of, I was like, I, I definitely want to do something shonen um, and, and so I was like, Claire, make a character. And we were, we, we kind of like hashed out a, like, we really did hash out a quite a bit of lore right on, yeah. like right off the bat. We were we like, did, right. yeah. so like, That's we kind of came up with this story and then, um, you know, as more people got involved, I, you know, I, I was like finding, uh, like parts for he people and kind of expand as like, Oh, cool. So you want to do this? Oh, okay. That kind of leads to this. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it kind of just snowballed from there. And, uh, Claire brought on Nick. You, I brought you on Nick and Jack. It? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank got... you very much. <laughs> yeah. I'm, um, uh, Nick and I were, were roommates at the time. And, uh, we also like Nick is my, is just my anime buddy. I love Nick. <laughs> love you, Nick. Um, and out, we, yeah, we would just watch anime in the living room all the time. And then Nick also was a DM for me when we did Strahd during the pandemic. And then I was like, Nick, you made me have an opportunity to play D&D. &D. And he was like, I never get to play D&D. &D. <laughs> I always DM. I don't know why he sounds like that in my impression, but he does. That's fantastic. I can't wait to play. Pretty much. He yeah. sounds more like Mark Wahlberg. There. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I beat him a ghoul for some reason. Um, I can't wait. Yay. So it was so fun to bring Nick on. And Nick really does fulfill just like this really wonderful niche for us. Like he really does. He He's the, the salt meme guy. He really with is, yeah. Anime Adds touches. a little, yeah, little spice. Yeah. And then Jack is wonderful too. Jack Nick knows Jack better than I do, but again, during the pandemic, we had a Discord server that was just like, weebs are us. Uh, <laughs> and we just talked about Love anime and manga and all of that. And I I knew that they were a very talented actor. And I was pretty sure that they also played some D&D. &D, and I was like, oh, would they be interested and they're uh, a great part of the team as well. We love Briar. Briar is such a fun, like, Briar is our edgy character, but Jack plays her with so much, like, heart that she's, like, not edgy. <laughs> she, uh, she's edgy compared to the other ones. Right. It's a on the spectrum of, of edgy for the show. 
Yeah, yeah, and right. Jack just just does it so well. So we are we are thrilled to have uh, them on the team with us as well. We just really, I feel like we just got really lucky and just like nailed a great team. Just came together. Early on. Yep. Yeah. And then of course, yeah, Tam is my is my partner. Is the is the lady of dark lady in darkness. Yeah. Um, and she, yeah, like. You know, she probably is the she. She always feels bad. She's like, I feel like I can't participate because I don't know enough about D and D or enough enough about anime. I'm like, but yeah, but you know stories, like you know, yeah, yeah. Like, like she when we like we went to uh, you know we drove up. We did a lot of driving for for family holiday stuff and and bou- bouncing ideas off each other. I'm like, this is this is also super <laughs> important to just Good like stuff. help me yeah. let me like you know she she kind of is. I am so like. Yeah, cool. Let's do it. Let's jump in. Let's go. Like, let's get going. Da, da, da. And she's like, okay, hang on. <laughs> hang on. Like, she definitely balances me in that, like, mm-hmm. like, I'll edit an episode and I'll be like, all right, it's cool. It's good to go. And she'll be like, okay, hang on. And she'll listen and be like, here's my notes. Yep. Fix volume here. Gotta have Put a sound those. effect here. Give us some space here. Take out some space here. I'm like, oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, she is essential to the <laughs> like, a team the effort. Process. Is, exactly. you're saying, is what you're saying. Yeah. So something that really struck me about about Warlock, um, there's a particular strength of you guys, is that it really feels like in epi- starting from episode one, you guys had a very clear vision for the themes, the feeling, the story, the kind of that, those little inserts that make it both D and D and make it and make it anime. Uh, the way you describe things, sound effects, the way that the dialogue is written and phrased with with voiceovers uh, coming from their thoughts and translating that into an audio medium. So it's very interesting to me to hear how collaborative the experience was putting it together. So what went into, kind of first and foremost, what went into the story um, and I guess, can you describe the story just a little bit briefly for for listeners? Um, but what went into in kind of all the pre-production momentum of <laughs> deciding on the story that you you guys wanted to tell? So the story is basically we've kind of got this world that we've created that is separate from the Forgotten Realms and um, and the main D and D universes, uh, in which this world. To use magic, you have to be born with that ability. So, you you know, if you play D&D, you know, that's a sorcerer. <laughs> and all the sorcerers are descended from these ancient, 10 ancient dragons that settled this land and took human form, formed families. And it's been, it's been hundreds of years and these families have spread out and these, uh, what they have are called legacies in which everyone kind of has like a, they can all cast the typical sorcerer spells, but they also have a special extra gift. Uh, for example, Briar has pl- like plant manipulation. She can grow plants and, and, and uh, create, you know, spore pods. And, and Ren has a special legacy in which he can kind of manipulate the elements into physical attacks. And the story is for, from the perspective of Nova who wants to so badly be uh, like an amazing sorcerer because her dad was, was one of the most powerful sorcerers in the city, and and her brother was a was a prodigy, a prodigy, a uh, prodigy that that disappeared, and she is born without the ability to use magic, and so 
she struggles with that until she meets the mysterious lady in darkness who grants her power, uh, becoming the first, the first warlock of this world. And so it's kind of that story of her Mm -hmm. enrolling in the magical school, the tower, um, and, and, and focusing her skills while also dealing with some kind of external threat that is becoming more and more prevalent. Mm -hmm. So, and, and I'm sure it changes drastically from group to group, game to game, uh, show to show. But, you know, so much of at least what I understand of D&D kind of things is, is, you know, oh, yes, you know, there's kind of the overarching story, but you leave space for characters to make choices for success, for failure, for lots of branching paths. And that's kind of how things go. So from your guys's perspective, as you have both been on an actual play and also obviously are doing an audio drama, how much, how much kind of, um, I guess, seat of your pants to, to steal your, your phrase from earlier, Zach, but how much of that like spontaneity and kind of reactiveness do you guys either leave in? Do you try to make space for happens naturally or that you're just like, no, this is just a kind of like we write it together and come up with it. And that is the space. Um, so how does, how does the writing and story generation process go for you guys? And how does it, how does it differ? Uh, I think it depends a little bit episode to episode. Um, there have been some episodes where Zach is just like, I got it. And <laughs> I know what I got to do. Episode, I know what's happening. And then he'll send it to us and be like, if there's any, like, if you want to look this over, see if you have any edits, tweak your lines if you would like. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what I usually end up doing is I send for every line between three and five takes usually I aim for at least three but then sometimes I'll get a line where I'm like I'm gonna do it the way it's written (laughs) and I'm gonna do it the way that feels right and then I'm gonna do it another way that's a little sillier and then sometimes I just (laughs) riff um I don't know how many times I've I've been listening to to takes from Claire and I hear that one was so silly but I'm Yeah, I'll just keep the ones that make me laugh really hard and I'll just put them in there and good approach. I'll I'll usually send Zach a message where I'm like, I was zooming for that one. I had some <laughs> zoom. Maybe need it again. <laughs> and then I know that I think Nick does similar where he'll kind of riff on lines. Um yeah, I Isaac. Like Isaac is a is one of our big riffers. I love Isaac. Isaac, Brilliant. I love Isaac so much. Isaac, Isaac will completely re- <laughs> rewrite the line in the take, and I'm like, this is better. Yeah, like he'll always give me the the line as written, but then he'll give me like like 20 seconds of improv <laughs> off of it. I'm like, well, I'm keeping that. Oh, that's the one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But basically, like I I starting from the beginning, I had I had a I had pretty much the first half of the season in my brain, and I you know the first episode. Um, I remember kind of like hyper fixating and just like getting it done and be like, this is the first, this is the pilot. Like, what do you think? Let's change some stuff, whatever. (laughs) And then kind of, you know, um, like I said, a lot of, a lot of my process is kind of like, I read an episode, we tweak it. Everyone puts their, you know, puts their take on their lines Mm -hmm. and tweaks and things. And then we put it out and we're like, okay, this is what I have in mind. And uh, the, our, 
our group chat can be a little bit much sometimes because it's usually me being like, okay, but so what if we did this and then this happens and then mm-hmm. this, and this person shows up and so we'll, and we'll talk about And then one of us will get an idea out. and I'll be like, blah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All caps interrupt. Yeah. So I, another thing that kind of occurred to me, um, talking more a little bit more about writing, is that something that you guys, I think, do very, very well is you have an efficiency of description around uh, what what is happening visually. Um, you know, that you, you, you paint a picture well, quickly of, ah, and then this character reaches for this object that is here. Or, oh, look, here is the beautiful vista we are looking at. Um, and still is manages to capture a lot of the imagery that make it feel like an episode of anime that you're watching. So how do you guys, do you guys have any kind of insight or lessons learned when it comes to writing for an audio medium, as opposed to writing for being on stage, writing for a TV show, et cetera? What, what kind of tips and tricks do you guys kind of do to make sure that it is as tight and digestible and punchy as, as it needs to be? I think the trick really is not spending too much time describing things because I feel like, you know, a a listener can, can paint the picture themselves. If you give them the broad stroke that they need to put things together. And, you know, we do, we have the art that really, you know, it's like, if you've seen, you know, Claire's, Claire's episode art, you're like, Oh, cool. That's kind of what the space they're in looks like. That's what their outfits look like. And if you know that you don't need, you know, I don't, when I'm writing the the like Mendel lines, who's the, the narrator, I don't need to put every tiny little detail in there because I feel like, you know, we kind of follow that, especially with like manga. Manga is meant to be read quickly. It's almost like your eye is supposed to just kind of follow it. And anime is kind of the same way. You know, you watch Dragon Ball Z. They're, they're always fighting in, in uh, the <laughs> middle of nowhere. So, you know, it's not the focus all the time. And, you know, it's like and it's choosing those moments where something is the focus and you do take that time. Mm-hmm. Like in the in an upcoming episode, the one we're, we're working on right now, there's like a uh, the room is a little more of a puzzle. And so it's kind of I have to take those moments to kind of describe what's happening so that things make sense. But, you know, when they go into the stairwell, it's a it's a it's a stone stairwell. You don't need to know, you know, every single thing. The brain can yeah. just help you kind of okay cool established moving on yeah it's like it's like specificity in Mm -hmm. the choosing specific words that will give you the right amount of imagery and like the proper energy or imagery and then also the specificity of like when you need it Mm -hmm. as zach was saying like some things only need a little bit of imagery some things need a lot and some Times I know that at least I will sit and I'll stare at a line and I'll be like, these words are not it. <laughs> it's close, but yep. it's not, especially, I mean, I, again, with like Nick coming in and doing the the anime stuff, when I try to like anime a five things, I'll just like write what happens and I'm like, okay, how do we turn the silly dial up? Uh <laughs> but not take up too much time doing it. Yeah. So yeah, it's just specificity and, and you just kind of, it clicks for you once you, once yeah. you really find it. Yeah. 
And another another question, kind of similarly, but on your side of things, Claire. Um, and and this, I'm hope I'm asking to get a little bit more insight, both in your guys's process, but also in kind of how how you view your your part in it, I guess. Um, so I put myself in your shoes. I'd be like, ah, yeah, Nova, my character. Yeah. You know, because it's it's D and D, and it's you know, you obviously were a very instrumental part in putting together the basics, the core, the skeleton of the story, of her, of all of that. And it's, I, I would, I know I would find it difficult, or at least it, I could see, not difficult, I could see times where your idea of what the character wants to do, or would do, or is important to them, or whatever, might differ than kind of the overarching story. Does that, A, does that occur? And B, if it does, um, or... If it does, how do you handle it? Or how do you put, how do you guys collaborate in ways that it doesn't happen? I guess if that all long-windedly makes sense. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I think uh, it doesn't happen very often because uh, Zach and I talked so much when creating Nova mm -hmm. and creating her backstory and everything because uh, we knew she was going to be the main character, so we wanted yeah. to craft her with care. Um, she is my baby, for sure. <laughs> um, but also, like, all of the characters are a little bit my babies. Like, I sure. know, like, I'm like, they're not, but also I'm like, they're my OCs because I draw them so much. They uh, Yeah, they are, though, like, in a way, you know? Yeah, like, you so I'm craft, like, like... some of their arcs, too. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I'm like in, a, in, a, in a drawing way, they are all of my babies. <laughs> um, they are... Like I, the chibi Inuyasha. Exactly. They belong to your soul. Exactly. Yeah. And of course, like Nova the most, like that's my baby girl. I love her. She's wonderful. Um, and our vision is like so tuned in that we haven't had like any like big moments. I feel like mm -hmm. there have been one or two times where either Zach will write something or we'll be bouncing something off of each other and I'll be like, I feel like in that situation, Nova would maybe respond in this way. Mm -hmm. And then it's either a, we need this thing to happen for the plot. Yeah. Or, a, oh, yeah, I see that. We can judge it from there. Um, and kind of going in with Warlock, we wanted to make sure that we did, while we are supporting this big, uh, beautiful, wonderful, collaborative thing that we do, we wanted to avoid any like potential mess. Sure, of course. In in lack of a better word, um, where Zach is the producer, it was his mm -hmm. show. Without Zach, the show wouldn't come together because we wouldn't have the audio edited and all of that. So he does get final say on things if he's like, "Yeah, but she really needs to do it." Mm -hmm. I'll be like, "Okay." <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But situations like that very rarely occur. Um, because of there's just like a, a great amount of communication between the whole team. Mm -hmm. And I think we all, while like each of us have our own character, we were all there for the creation of all of the characters. Mm -hmm. So I feel like we have a pretty good understanding of the end game for everybody and also of each other's characters. Yeah, so, a little more sandboxy, it sounds like. Yeah. Um, in terms of yeah, these are all, all all the toys are in the sandbox and ultimately Zach is making the call of where the toys are going, but it's all part of it. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. 
Mm-hmm. But like Claire then, said, the communication and respect for each other's ideas. Yeah. That there is no no bad idea that something like, you know, and, and like with the amount, the amount that we spitball, not every idea lands like yeah. for everybody. We all that's, are like, the, like that's what about the, this? The and correct like, eh. safe way to, to treat other human collaborative, uh, yeah. other humans who are collaborating. Yep. Right. And so it's like everybody, everybody gets like, like, you know, basically I and like, you know, we wouldn't we've been we, we all talk every day we've been talking yeah. since since uh uh last what was it last like, like October. a year and a half yeah yeah so it's like yeah we, i was gonna ask know... what the timeline was of when kind of it kicked off yeah yeah so that makes sense so we all know each other we all know uh what our strengths are and we're kind of what we want to do you know and so it's like nick has told me he's like look i don't i'm not much of a writer i don't know i don't i don't need to be involved with like the story stuff but like if you have stuff if you need uh, mm-hmm. action or like stuff for Ren, give it to me. And so like, he's got a new attack coming up. And I was like, look, I have a like kind of finding that balance of like, all right, cool. I wrote this story part here, but I need Ren to do a cool attack. And he's like, got it done. You know? And it's like, I just mm-hmm. kind of let him do that thing, you know? And so it's, it's, yeah, it's just about like listening to each other, communicating. Uh, like, I don't think any, you know, I don't think anything, so far, right? I know. Yeah. I was like trying <laughs> to think good. I'll be yeah. good. Yeah, it was no, really good. fun. There was a, a an episode in season one where we knew that Nova and Briar were gonna uh, go off and have a little head buddy moment, and Zach was like, "Okay, this is kind of the end goal of that conversation, but I want the two of you to write it together." So Jackie and I got on a call and we wrote it together. Yeah, awesome. Um. And it remains, honestly, like one of my favorite little moments in the podcast. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's just like such a sweet little moment. So it's been it's been wonderful to to be able to to do the show the way we're doing it. So it it sounds like, and I, I was going to ask, you know, kind of Zach, you specifically about how you do it, but it's it it seems to me like it is very um, very much just like. I don't know. Collaborative delegating is that is that too corporate sounding of a of a word for it? Lots of synergy, you know. Yeah, exactly. No. But but yeah, I'll, I'll just ask what for you as producer, um, especially with people who each have their own their own say in this, who have uh, have their own ideas, have their own tastes, have their own what have yous, but also knowing that at the end of the day. You are the one who's writing, who's incorporating it, who's editing it, who's putting it together. How do you how do you like to manage that and manage kind of the relationship aspect that goes into such a collaborative um, and like and, and I would imagine kind of emotional thing where they, they yeah. are all of your your babes and your sweet children <laughs> and you have ideas of what they're like and who they want to be and all these all these kind of things. Do you have any any helpful advice? Well, you know, like I, I did something once that was completely collaborative without any kind of like, you know, I don't want to say leadership role, but I guess that's yeah. the best way to put it. It's like a leadership role uh, where if you, if everyone has, if it's like full, like a free for all, everyone has ideas and gets and like, we all have to like trying to side stuff together. I, I, I found that sometimes that actually makes things worse because sometimes people do get their toes stepped on and their yeah. ideas are a little bit dismissed. And I feel like having me kind of be in that role to just be like, Hey, I really like where you're going with this. 
maybe we shelve that and do something else. It, it coming from like the beginning of me kind of being like, Hey, I'm going to like, I'm going to be the final say on stuff. Yeah. It almost feels like it is a safer space. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. That's a, a clear I, role. I was say that. It, like it, like. it yeah. feels like not, not kind of having to be the one to like necessarily kind of step in with other people where I can just be like, I don't really see that scene kind of like that, but, but I like this idea. You know, there's a lot of negotiating, a lot of trying to meet in the middle for anything mm-hmm. that, like I said, that I don't think that's really happened that much even. I feel like mm-hmm. we all kind of are on board for a lot of the, the stuff. Sure. But yeah, me having that framework and like Claire was saying, like, I'm like, all right, here's the scene. Here's the end goal. Here's kind of what I want to establish. You all give me some ideas for it. Write stuff down. I'll go in. I'll, I'll tweak, you know, I'll, I'll say like, hey, can we maybe change this? And that way it feels like no one is no one mm-hmm. is getting like pushed aside mm-hmm. uh, for their ideas. I kind of, do you know what I mean? Like kind of coming yeah. in with that kind of that that role, like you're saying, like having mm-hmm. that role. Yeah, that totally makes sense. So um, I think kind of one of the one of the last structural story processy questions for World Like that I have is when you guys were putting this together. It is again, it's a very it's a very um, archetype and trope heavy show in the good ways, in the ways that it should be and needs to be to be what it is um, and works beautifully because of it. Um, so when you were going in, and I'm sure this evolved as, as as you're putting it together and continues to evolve, but were there any kind of tentpole design aspects you guys had of like anime shows or shonen shows have this happen. So we're going to make sure we have this happen. Or, oh, this show is what we really want. Um, we love these three shows and we want to weave, we want to rip out the guts of those shows and throw it in our show. Um, I definitely have several guesses on some of the shows that are like, ah, yes, it is much like I'd this like show. To hear yours I want to hear it first. We, I want to hear it first. I am not the one being interviewed. So for you guys, what were All some right. of those kind uh, of like... I want to know. I'll tell you afterwards. Okay, 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 um, okay, okay. I don't want to influence anything. <laughs> um, what were some of those kind of design tent poles that you guys went in? And I guess it's true for and and the D and D side of thing too. But like, what were those things where you were like, you know, almost like, um, or what's it called? Like, a, oh, uh, for like shows where they have like rules. What's that called? Like a TV show? Oh. Do you know what I'm talking, what talking about? about. Oh, I know where it's like about. this character never does this, and like we, anytime that we have yeah, this sort of an episode, we make these sort of choices. I I don't remember what it's called. It's like a playbook. I, I, I know book. what you're talking about. It's crazy something. Now. It's not. It's not important. <laughs> but yeah. So do you guys have anything that you guys kind of like built in as pillars to the storytelling and designing of your narrative? Um, that that you know kind of hold hold through at least for you know an episode a moment or throughout the whole show i feel like for sure it's kind of uh with with the with nova kind of coming in coming into this magical world being a newbie while everyone else is kind of established i feel like that is kind of a newer trope that has been kind of prevalent in in a lot of like i'd say post 2000 animes so I feel like that, you know, that's very much like Naruto, My Hero Academia, Jujutsu Kaisen, those kind of shows that kind of are like, I'm a newbie in this world, uh, getting my bearings while I also have this 
incredible power that I cannot mm -hmm. really control all the way. So those uh, writing that first episode was when I was in the middle of binging um, uh, Jujutsu Kaisen. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of I was like, oh, I kind of I love the way that Sukuna and Itadori have that relationship of like Sukuna's like giving Itadori power and, you know, but also is kind of a little bit antagonistic. And so that that definitely heavily influenced that. But a lot of the a lot of the the tropes overall are very classic uh, shonen, you know, very uh, like probably my favorite anime is Naruto. And so a lot of a lot of it comes from that. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I was like, you're making me a girl who suddenly gets magic. It has to have <laughs> at least a little pinch of magical girl in uh, there. I, I, um, I mean, only a little pinch? Why Why stop there? There's The pinch is going to get bigger. We're putting I a cup in at least this season. Very satisfied. <laughs> uh, I have been personally... Personally pleased with this yes, development, yes. yes. Uh, but they're also like uh, uh, Nick and I were just kind of like bouncing ideas off of each other for like just protagonists that we like, because um, especially like mm -hmm. there's the shonen protagonist syndrome. Yes, and we wanted to choose really good protagonists and draw what we like from them. And that, and that, uh, by the way, for for listeners, what is the um, the the shonen main character syndrome? It's, I mean, it is. It's a lot of uh, like I'm gonna do this thing, ah, which like, <laughs> yes, Nova does that, but a lot of mm -hmm. times it's like the the protagonist can get a little like annoying and can get a little just like one note. Yeah. Yes, and the more all the all the nuance. Is is in the secondary supporting characters, and then the main characters like exactly. just a just a whatever. Exactly, and um, uh, Nick, Jackie, and I all love Hunter Hunter. Um, so Hunter Hunter definitely has influenced our characters. Um, and we've been trying to get Zach to watch it. Uh, <laughs> it's just so lovely, and so we were just trying to like influence like head empty in what ways because head <laughs> empty is essential for an anime protagonist but it has to be charming yeah right and like the proper amount of drive and like enough of the like uh doubt without getting edgelordy and yeah. yeah so i think big influences were there's a touch of sailor moon for me Hunter Hunter, Jujutsu Kaisen, Naruto. We're getting a little more One Piece influence. Pretty much just trying trying to to draw inspiration from the great shonens that are there because there are so many shonens. One of my options. favorite things is when someone listens, they're like, "Oh, this moment reminded me of this show." Yeah, yeah. And it's someone that will tell me the exact same moment and be like, it reminds me of this show. It's like, That's exactly what we're going for. Just that kind of that, the that feel mood. Yeah. The mm -hmm. feeling of, mm -hmm. of let's, cause that's, I mean, that's what makes tropes eternal is that yeah. they work mm -hmm. is that they're familiar. Mm -hmm. The human brain loves the familiar in a different situ situation, you know? And so we're trying to capture that. And uh, I, I will ask one more process writing question for you, Zach. One thing that always just really, I think what really makes the show 
work or like takes it to that next level, I should say, is is those little the little sound effects, those little like almost the incidentals that you put in of again of like oh, this person is is dreaming about a meal that they really want. And like just those little like, exactly, exactly. And and not even, again, not even just sound effects, but of, of specific writing choices that you make that translate not just kind of the genre of anime uh, onto audio, but of the experience of watching anime, where it, it kind of gets those, the extra layer of like authenticity to it. So- how like what at what point in the process of writing an episode do those come in like does that just kind of naturally part of the process is that like okay cool first draft done now we go inject some more anime into it and then we hand it off to the to other people to inject even more anime into it um or like how does that how does that come to you in the process so when i first with that first when i was working on the very first episode i what i did was i would uh because I, I I am a photographer by trade as well as actor, and uh, I spend a lot of time editing photos. <laughs> and so this is before I had a second screen, and I would I was like, okay, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna put some Naruto, some My Hero on on the background, and just listen. Yeah, I love that. And I was like, oh, these are these. Th- I'm hearing these things that I know what's happening. You know, there were a mm-hmm. lot of times where it's just they're talking, and I'm not sure what's happening. But then someone a sound effect would happen. Or something like yeah. a character would say something. I'm like, I know exactly what's happening. And I was like, I have to make sure that we capture that. And that was, it was a very intentional at first, but now it's kind of become second nature. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. writing. I'm like, oh, here's a cool moment for that. Here's a great moment for that. Mm-hmm. I think, I think we also pick up on that because all of the, the voice actors are also very into anime as well. Um, and I know that like, at least, I try to make a a specific choice of whenever like initially talking to the lady in darkness, like outside of the world, like the internal talk Nova is a different voice than external <laughs> talk mm-hmm. Nova. Yeah. Um, and Definitely. I try to be specific with that. And I think the, the other actors do too. Um, yeah. And it's just, it's like Zach said, it just is, we're like, ah, we know to do it this way because it's, yeah. the way that we do it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So, on on to all of the 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 glamour of externalizing. I want to. We want to know what your show. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, don't you dare! I was. I, was, I didn't want to skip over it. I, I didn't want to skip over it, but I had had to ask so many other questions, and I was like, I'll end the episode on it. Uh, I literally like jotted it down on my notes right, to make right. sure that oh, I yeah, did. Okay, but I'll do it. Okay, I'll, I'll do it now. I'll do it now. All no. Right, so okay, the main right. ones, the main ones that immediately jumped out to me, definitely Sailor Moon. And definitely My Hero Academia. Like those are, and those are the ones that like I also kind of had the most kind of like exposure to of your guys's list. Um, I also got a little bit of Naruto, though. Again, I haven't like I haven't ingested as much <laughs> Naruto mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to like really get it. Other than like, okay, I see some structural things that are in there. And then I also, and I think it was just the vibe of some of the non Nova characters. A little bit of Yu Yu Hakusho thrown in. Absolutely. Yes. Like, yeah, like <laughs> yes. Yu Yu Hakusho was uh, one of my first shonen shows back when it was on Toonami. Yep. That was, and those are, so those yeah, again, and there's tons of other ones. Ren. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Ren, Ren being Nick, primo Nick example big, of like, yeah. that dude is definitely off fighting demons in a martial arts tournament for 150 episodes. Absolutely. <laughs> the spirit, um, I mean, what is the spirit gun if not Eldritch Blast? So, 
Warlock, it's in the can. You've recorded, you have your vision, your sterling vision, your collaborative processes, all that good stuff. And then it is time to unveil Warlock to the world. Um, and I give this long-winded preamble because I think you guys are very, very good at uh, marketing yourselves online and elsewhere um, through through Twitter, through Instagram, through excellent memes, through just kind of a nice distillation of what your show is. So I wanted to kind of talk to you guys, not just about, hey, what's what's worked for you guys, <laughs> um, but but also just like, how do you guys talk about your podcasts to other people? You know, kind of what's the distillation of 20 episodes of of anime and feelings and Dungeons and Dragons and and all these other things? Um, you know, how do you go about describing it in an eye catching way? It can be tricky because there yes. are so many parts to it. <laughs> but uh, I, I, you know, uh, I, I try to really, really hit on the audio drama aspect because I, I feel like early on in our Twitter market marketing, I realized that people are looking for actual plays mm -hmm. and they'll listen and they'll say, oh, this is uh, just a, an audio drama. I'd be like, oh, yeah, maybe we should be more upfront about that because mm -hmm. a D&D &D podcast people people hear or see D&D &D podcast and they think oh actual play you know I had I had someone uh reach out uh to do like a dice sponsorship and um they were like when do you guys normally play and I say oh <laughs> not yeah. ever and yeah, they were not they were like the oh okay bye for you. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like yeah we're not no 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 but so it's you know it's a little tricky but um you know, I always try to really like the the catchphrase. I always say it's a, it's a D and D audio drama with an anime twist. It's you know Saturday morning cartoons, an anime after school anime, but in a D and D fantasy world is kind of what I try to get across. Yeah, and you get it across uh, effectively and frequently. Um, be sure to follow for all the good memes and jokes and arts and whatnot. Yes. Um, <laughs> And another thing I kind of wanted to briefly talk about as we wind down is you guys had a, a Kickstarter a handful of months summer. ago now. Yeah, yeah over the I summer. started, I think it, it launched in August. I can't remember. I guess the I can Kickstarter, it, it might have been end but of it, July. I think you're right. I think you're right. I Kickstarter think was your August. baby. <laughs> you should know. When was your baby born? I have, I have what's called I have what's called ADHD, <laughs> in which uh, I I I have laser focus on things that I want to, and then and then it's else. gone forever. And then what gone. I have no idea what you're talking about. That's <laughs> so I'm trying a to very think of, okay, so unusual experience. I can't imagine what that must be like. What is I'm trying to I'm, right. I'm at the Kickstarter right. right now. It launched July July 26th. There you go, Claire. You're right. I'm proud of and myself. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> victory is mine. Um, I'm terrible with numbers. I'm awful. And and this was relative. I mean, this was especially because you guys release. Is it every two weeks or once a month? I can't remember. We How try often do to release? do two episodes a month. Okay, that's what I thought. Sometimes life um, gets in the way. Like I said, my writing process is not ideal. <laughs> but sometimes life gets in the way, and so it goes. Um, and but but I remember I remember seeing the Kickstarter and being like, "Holy crap! This is." as far as we were concerned, immediately after you guys had launched. It's like you were a few months in, you were a handful of episodes in, and you had a Kickstarter and a very successful Kickstarter. So was that always part of kind of your guys's 
plan or vision for the future of the show? Is that something that you looked at the success of the show and how quickly it caught on and said, hey, what if we did this? Or how did how did that kind of come into play for you guys? And what was the Kickstarter for, I guess? Well, uh, Zach was talking about getting Warlock turned into a manga pretty early on. I do a manga and do a comic. Uh, because we were all like, oh my God, that would be so cool. And of course, we're all like, oh my God, what if one day like the show gets picked up and gets animated? Like Those are all things that would be amazing and cool. And then we finished season one and we got about as good of a start as you can hope for, honestly. Uh, and Zach was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do a Kickstarter. And we were all like, okay, buddy. All right. <laughs> right you, you, we don't know how it's going. And uh, Zach was like sending me a bunch of like artists. Uh, and then, yeah, Zach, you take over from here. <laughs> yeah. So, so basically I was like kind of casually uh, looking at artists just kind of wherever I could, as, you know, it's very difficult to find artists on, uh, on Twitter because that's when the bots come out. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes, you it know, is. They, the, if you mention art, you get a million, you know, you get, you get DM me for DM, DM me and I'll yep. show you my, show you my, my portfolio. My portfolio. It happens yeah. to be like the same portfolio kind of essentially. <laughs> <laughs> same, mm. But anyway, so like I kind of was casually looking at, at art and on you know uh art station and seeing some stuff on twitter and i was looking on reddit and i saw this guy uh his name is uh gabriel fascina and he's a brazilian artist and he he posted uh like a comic he had done for someone else and some of his other just kind of like portfolio stuff and he was like hey i'm looking to do a long-term comic project here's my here's my price and i was like oh wow that's actually like really reasonable and i really mm-hmm. like his art mm-hmm. i'm like okay so what like let's just you know let's just let's get a couple pages done and i think we got like five pages done and was like okay this is really cool mm-hmm. i'm gonna just 100 percent dive into this and uh spent you know i feel like uh i probably gave kickstarter like 50 percent of their hits their visits <laughs> just refreshing over and over constantly mm-hmm. i was in there constantly like looking at other other comic kickstarters and just kind of seeing what i liked about it what i didn't and so i'm i wanted to make sure that everything was kind of like uh airtight going in but basically we got we're the kickstarter was for the first three episodes initially that was our goal was just the first three episodes of our show drawn originally it was about going to be about 20 pages i was like this is a pretty i feel like it's pretty reasonable we'll put our stretch goals to different episodes and so, uh, you know, I think we we funded the first day, didn't we? Yeah. Like first first like yeah. six hours, I think it got funded. Mm-hmm. Yes. We're like, this is <laughs> again, so I remember. Because I was I also were, like, was... huh. They yeah. just wow. they just launched and it is, oh, wow. whoa, yeah. okay. Hell yeah. So we were like, oh, okay, maybe we'll hit these these goals. And so we did, you know, we, we've had to change. We, uh, Gabriel kind of looking through the scripts. He's like, Hey, I know we talked 20 pages. I think it might have to be like 25. And so we took out one of the chapters and, and just expanded on the five chapters, but it's nice. Cause we have the first half of our season is getting drawn. Awesome. Uh, it'll probably be done like may, but uh, yeah, it's, it's so exciting. He emails me a sketch 
one day and then the next day I get the full finished page and it's like I'm like all right Gabriel what you got today I'm so excited <laughs> and yeah he he is an incredible artist he just I, it his uh, detail work for just like two days worth of work is just amazing. And so, yeah, that's, we're very excited about that. And yeah. so hopefully once that one gets done, once, you know, I, we want to get the second half done at least. So it's, but we, we have to get the first one out, you know, to mm-hmm. people be, before we say, Hey, give us some more money. Yeah. What? Uh, yeah. Why don't you just get a jumpstart <laughs> on this next batch. Yeah. Yeah. Gabriel does such a good job, not only of capturing the characters, he captures the energy of the characters so perfectly like zach will zach sends us the updates too and we're always like screenshotting down to the specific (laughs) panels and sending that to each other like the Um, one today was just like so nova i'm like he gets nova it's he gets gets all of them that's the best thing and then he also does like such beautiful world building like anytime we get shots of like Oakvale or the town it's always like oh my god it's (laughs) it's so good I admire him so much as an artist um and I am thrilled that he is the one who's uh drawing the show for us it's great he's definitely on board for uh part two so yay so you you guys have also had a ton of of just success and a lot of people have really fallen in love with your show and like you said have like really direct access to you to tell you that they love your show. So just kind of reflecting back on this I guess what year plus of work and really successful launch that you guys have had what's your guys's kind of thoughts and kind of impressions on on the journey thus far. Um, again, obviously you had Severed Sons already, but this is kind of its own thing and its own kind of like stratosphere also. So what just kind of has has that part of the journey been like and and had such warm, uh, large scale reception for your guys' show? It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really like anytime we get fan art, I cry. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, even like when we, when we first started commissioning other artists to, to draw the characters, I would just cry. Um, our chibi artist is wonderful. I love her art so much. I do too. And when we first sent her Nova and she was like, her design's so cute. I was like, thank you. Uh, and it, it just means so much to, to have this thing that we started as like, this sounds fun and cool. And like, it's a pretty niche thing. So like, hopefully it does okay. And then to just be met with the response we've been met with has been incredible. And it just, every day we're like, wow, people really like the show. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. it's, it's all you could hope for. Yeah. When we have new episodes come out, we have someone in our discord. Who's a, who's a, uh, a Patreon member knows shout out. Love you knows. Uh, best. do uh like long like speculative threads <laughs> on what's happening oh, and i'm like and, and and i'll be like someone is like the first time it happened i was like someone is writing theories about yeah. our show Dissecting. someone is ex- that excited about our show and it's like he's accurate about a lot of things. <laughs> yeah he's not wrong no don't get uh, uh, don't try and guess too much because he'll i'm sure he'll listen to this but like yeah we you know he, he'll be like oh dang he was right on on that yeah <laughs> yeah so it's, it's very cool 
to have so, that dedicated fan base like that. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah, of course. So where do you guys hope that this is going to go? Um, you know, especially now, you know, kind of now at, you know, now that you've done a season, you've done a Kickstarter, you have plans and schemes and all kinds of good things. Um, what, what do you guys, you know, what do you guys plan for the future? What do you hope for the future? Um, or just kind of what's, you know, what's next for you guys? I think first and foremost for me, I have to remind myself because I get so easily distracted is the podcast first, the story first, finish that. You know, I, like I, I said, I have like the main, the bullet points of what needs to happen for this story to be told, but it's just, you know, um, Brandon, who's another person he, he's not, he's, I wouldn't say he, he does like the, he, though he did kind of write episode 14 cause he ran that one. Yes. So he, did, uh, I, I will give him writing credit on that episode for sure. <laughs> but you know, he, he's he's definitely like an ideas guy. And when he comes over, we just we'll just sit there and just he'll be like, "Well, what about? Th- have you thought about this? Have you thought about this? Like, this is cool." And you know, like we kind of have those like bullet points for like the the series, and you know, we're gonna fill in those gaps. But it's like I, you know, we know like we could if we're at if we're like season eight and demand is still there for us to keep going you know, we could easily write an, a, a season of something else, but, you know, mm-hmm. but even, but he, Brandon kind of had this idea where he's like, I have a great idea for like what happens after mm-hmm. this. Cause he knows the ending. And so it's like, I have an idea what happens after I'm like, that's, that's so true. Like we don't have to stop at this story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or I, I had the other idea where I was like, you know, I was big into Gundam wing. And like I said, uh, neon Genesis, Evangelion, where I was like, maybe, maybe we, you know, do a spinoff where we're doing like a mecha mech, mech series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A mech series, you know, like, like kids and robots fighting aliens or something like that. It's like, that's could be the next thing, but I have to remember, remind myself, like I'm, I'm trying to temper myself right now. Cause I was like, okay, what if we do a D and D supplement set in the world of warlock <laughs> in which we kind of write rules for creating legacies and we have items that we've added in the show. And I'm like, okay, calm down. <laughs> calm down. But, you know, there's the possibilities feel endless for us right now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, like the main thing is just getting the story told. Yeah. But it's like if if stuff happens from there, who knows? We're we're open to everything and kind of just kind of rolling with where things go. We can control the story being told. Yes. Right. Everything mm-hmm. else is just we're going with the flow. Yep. Yeah. And we have we have like so much invested into this world that we've built and just continue to build already. But like, I know I'll like, oh, I just love the story. I love all the characters. <laughs> I love this world we've created. Uh, yes, we're so invested in the story that it's so exciting to tell things. And we're doing some interesting things with the Patreon where we are expanding the universe a little bit. So we are. Not only like the the episode yeah. writing I'm mar- right now is the beach episode, but then I gotta also you gotta have a beach episode. Gotta have a beach episode. Uh, we need a, fe- a summer festival. Yep. Yep. I'll write that yep. one next. Yeah. yeah next. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then I'm I'm working on creating a a sport so we can have yes. like a a sports episode and at some points deviating from the main cast so that we can either feature some of our our secondary cast or it just create entirely different mm-hmm. people that are like, what was this random person at the tower doing the day that something in the, ep- like yeah. in the show happens. Right. Um, 
so that's really fun and i'm very excited to to really get in on that uh because yeah it's just a cool it's a cool little world that we have Mm -hmm. i feel like it's gonna be hard to say goodbye when we're done you know i'm gonna just cry i'm just gonna cry (laughs) (laughs) no i mean that's the sane reaction i think is yeah (laughs) just full breakdown yeah (laughs) yeah you guys I have to warn you. Okay. You are now approaching the lightning round of Reckless to Talk. All right, you're um, It is a gauntlet of emotion, of mental gymnastics, okay. and mostly just uh, fun questions. Um, yeah. I tell everyone the same spiel, give or take. These questions are the same for every single guest that we have, asked in the exact same order every single oh. time. There is no wrong answers. That includes a one-word answer. That includes a, mm, you know, actually, this reminds me of a 12-minute long story that I'd like to tell right now that is also highly acceptable. <laughs> I will try my best to give a respectful pause and be like, oh, that's all they're going to say. Great. We will move on. Also, the answer, I don't have a good answer for that, is also has been used and is encouraged to be used if you indeed do not have a good answer for that. Who wants to, who wants to go first every time? Does anyone have a strong compulsion? I'm very competitive, so my my soul said me. Great, also done. Well, I you know. Darn <laughs> No, you go first. You, you, go you jumped in to say it would be me, so you win. So we are going to go Claire and Zach every single time, Suck moving it, through, <laughs> moving through the gauntlet again. No wrong answers, no pressure, no time limit. Because hooray, we have editing on our side. Yay. Are you guys ready? Yes. Before we do that, I, it just reminded of something that's that's uh, a fun byproduct of our of our comic manga project is uh, I I, I oh, haven't yeah. put the you know we have the pages but I haven't put the dialogue in yet and so I shared on our Patreon channel on the Discord like some of the pages and uh, did you start it Claire? No, uh, uh, Starbucks started. Starbuck? Yeah, Starbucks because you shared uh, it was the the Dark Nova moment. That's where... right. Yeah. So uh, pages, when I share them, quickly become edited to say, shut the fuck up, Zach. Yep. Yeah, they Naturally. do. Yep. And so every <laughs> page is, and there's a shut the fuck. Yeah, they've, they've made an appearance on Twitter. So yeah, yeah, they're like, I'm sorry. They're like, we hope you're you're okay with this. I'm like, look, you guys are Patreon <laughs> members. So you can tell me to shut the fuck up whenever That's right. you want. But anyway, yeah. 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 Absolutely. Go, please. I love it. <laughs> All right. Claire than Zach. First question. Is your glass half full or half empty? Full but tired. Overflowing. Wow. What what excites wow. you creatively, spiritually, and or emotionally? <laughs> so much. I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm excited most of the time. Um anything interesting right now the, uh, uh uh my little noodle is being scratched by um, um, just heartfelt moments. Mm-hmm. Pretty much consuming any kind of media because I immediately, as a storyteller, I'm like, oh, I love this vibe that this is giving me. How can I put that into Warlock? Oh, I love this moment. I want to steal this moment for Warlock. So yeah, the, it, media in general. Music, it could be music, could be a TV show, could be a mm-hmm. piece of theater I'm seeing. What does not excite you creatively, spiritually, and or emotionally? Uh, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna I'm I think I'm going to pass based on unsure. There are <laughs> things, but I can't place them right now. I'm gonna say schedules. Oh, Calendars. can I 
calendars. I hate. Can I, I say that they're too? They're necessary, but I hate yeah. them. Can I? This is your too. space. I am. I am I merely. First, you I did. am merely your paintbrush, which you are using to <laughs> yeah. create your own beautiful responses. Beautiful, Zach. You win that one. Thank you. <laughs> what is your favorite sound? My cat's meowing. The sound of a summer storm in the distance. Ooh. Ooh what sound bad. do you hate? Um, any sort of scrapey thing, um, oh. especially if nails are involved. Nails on chalkboard, of course, but also like nail on counter in the wrong way. Ooh. Also, oh. I am a barista by day. So if you move those coffee carafes just wrong, mm. it mm. hurts me in my spine. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And I'll be upset for days. Mm-hmm. Uh, dry erase or even Sharpie on paper. That, that <laughs> <laughs> Or styrofoam. Especially yeah. styrofoam touching. There was oh. a lot of styrofoam okay. at Christmas. And I, w- I had to leave the room. No. no. Oh. You guys have both uh, honed in Little. on exactly my least favorite sounds <laughs> as well. What is your favorite word? Nefarious. Yes. Ubiquitous. Oh, Ooh, that's good ones. One. It's everywhere. What is your least favorite word? Right now, um, I'm really struggling with perder in Duolingo, <laughs> which means to lose. And it's just the conjugations are throwing me for a loop. I'm going to say prodigy because I said prod, prod, you did. prodigy. You said a few different versions of it. I think. <laughs> I None of them prodigy, were prodigy. Prodigy. It's like, so prodigy. It's like uh, Benadryl Cumberbund's uh, penguin. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Bandy snatch. Yeah. <laughs> what tabletop role-playing game and or D&D monster or villain or antagonist have you not faced or run that you would love to? A real proper dragon. Mm, so it's a popular answer. A lot of people have not fought dragons. Yeah, I fought a, I fought a fake one. Not a fake one. The, a metal one. It was yeah. A mechanical. Yeah. A real, real flesh and scale. Scale dragon a tarasque what just, is yeah, you want to fight one yeah i mean yeah <laughs> of course i just want to try i just want to see i just want to see just let me just let me see try anyway what is your favorite adventure of all time and this does not necessarily need to be a tabletop role-playing game adventure it can be of course 1999's the mummy it could be an adventure that you wrote it can be an adventure that you read that you run ran that you watched in an actual play or what have you but what to you, when you say, when I say, what is your favorite adventure of all time? What is your response? JoJo's Bizarre mm-hmm. nice, Adventure. Nice. Mm-hmm. My favorite adventure probably is Back to the Future. Ooh. Ah. An adventure through time. Ah. <laughs> what is your favorite tabletop role-playing game slash D&D character of all time? I, Again? oh, am so biased because uh, it's either. It not be the first. It's, it's, uh, like it's Nova, but because of character that I play, it spits. I love spits. Mine has got to be our Descended campaign. We just, we just played a one shot with them, uh, is Wendell Ravenshade, my Goliath barbarian, (laughs) who was, uh, Goliath, uh, but a noble. He's like an adopted Goliath. So he's very proper, very awesome. Very, very nice, very polite, but also just likes hitting stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I like that both of our favorites are Goliath Barbarians. 
Like, yeah, oh. they are. Yeah. yeah. But mine is also but a druid. Also... Final question. What gives you hope? Community. The uh, There's a lot of not hopeful things happening mm-hmm. um, in lots of different spaces. And the the sense of community of the people that are in those spaces uh, that make me still feel joy while in those spaces, I am forever grateful for and continues to feel like it holds space um, to keep going, to continue with the things that we do. Mine is, I'm going to build off that because mine is very similar and it's, it's having been on Twitter now for a few years and seeing just how much art people are creating mm-hmm. because I feel like art is why we are here. Everything else is just giving us the free time to create that art. The jobs like, you know, like the everything that we have to do to provide for ourselves is just to give us the energy and the time to create that art. And it is so nice to log on and see like I love seeing that someone is creating another actual play or another Mm -hmm. you know like another stream where it's like yes do it it doesn't even like you don't have to have any experience just seeing everyone taking that step into creating something that is gonna last for even just in their minds for the rest of their lives it's so cool Mm -hmm. Claire Zach congratulations you have run not just the lightning round gauntlet, but the reckless attack gauntlet itself. You have emerged victorious as a prize. Please tell our dear listeners once more who you are, where to find you, how to support you, all that good promo biz. Beautiful. Hello, 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 and goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. I am Claire Clausen. I am the voice of Nova on Warlock, and I also play Spets the Bear Lady in D in D D and D. I mean, correct. I think it's true. Um, with Severed Sons, um, you can follow me on Twitter at femsloth. Um, you can also follow me on Tumblr at femsloth, and that's where I'm posting pretty exclusively art. It's a really fun little delve for me. Uh, back into junior high. Uh, <laughs> I'll take it. Um, and on Instagram, I'm at femslothart, I believe. Uh, but I post on there a lot less just because I don't like the interface as much. Yeah. Ba-dum-bum. That's it for me. <laughs> and hello. Goodbye. I am Zach Burrell. I'm the producer, uh the fill in for everything else person for warlock and also tracks on separate sons um you don't have to follow me but please follow our podcast warlock d it's at warlock D on all platforms uh we have a website in progress <laughs> if i can <laughs> if i could i wish i could hyper fixate on making the website i thought you were gonna uh, say that. i wish i could just get headshots and bios <laughs> it just needs to be like you know three sentences of who you are what you're doing maybe we're to find it. you claire it's right there um <laughs> <laughs> it's literally just me on there right now but <laughs> hopefully by the time that this comes out warlock pod dot com uh that's where you can find where to where to listen uh and all our other links 
so yeah, please yep. give us a follow. And all, and all of these links will indeed be in the show description for those of you who are interested in learning more, in viewing more, in consuming more, and supporting more. Um, Claire, Zach, thank you so much for all of your time and for all of your lovely expertise and energy. Thank you so much for having us. This is a blast. It was. It was a grand old time. Thank you. Bye, guys. Goodbye. Bye. Thank you. Goodbye. You.